It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Hello, everyone. My name is Corey. I am joined, as always, by Brendan, here with you on another Friday. Today is Friday, December 16th. The holidays coming up, Brendan. Um, did you... We get nothing. Did no Did you gifts. ask Stucky Claus for Brad Boxberger, or... I did. Are you still waiting for something bigger? Do you want to go to the pitch lab for Brad Boxberger right now, Corey? Uh, you're gonna have to talk about him, Brendan. That's uh, what we have. To I'm talk in a about. I'm in a weird mood right now, man. I just found out about the Navarro yeah. deal, the the Carlos Rodon deal. Like, dude, like, like, what is going on? This is absurd, Corey. Yeah. So to start <sighs> uh, on Thursday night, Carlos Rodon signs with the Yankees, six years, 162 million, with a no trade clause. A catching option for the Cubs, uh, Omar Narvaez, uh, you know, who you guys know from his time with the Brewers, is signing with the Mets uh, one year with a player option. It'll be $8 million for that first year, 7 on the player option for the second year. So that's a couple catching targets that are gone in Christian Vasquez, who chose the Twins, uh, as it was reported, at least, over the Cubs' offer. And Narvaez, who, you know, I think made some sense, had improved as a framer, could give you some uh, offense, you know, not a not a total loss there behind the plate, right? Yeah. Uh, both of those off the table. There are still some, you know, peripheral catching names available. I know, you know, people have talked about maybe trying to conjure up a trade with the Blue Jays, um, talking about guys like Austin Hedges, um, et cetera, et cetera. None of it is going to excite you at this point, right? Which, you know, when you're making the transition to, I guess, putting defense first, it's somewhat to be expected, but that's why a lot of people were so mad about Vasquez, is he would have been a nice bridge there. So uh, more guys off the board. I assume, Brendan, that your anger for the moment is going to be directed at not making a play for Carlos Rodon for, uh, you know, another offseason. Well, you're looking at the market and you're seeing Verlander, seeing um, these older pitchers with injury histories go for absurd money. I mean, 40 years, 40 million per year, Corey. So to see Carlos go there for 160-ish over six years, it does upset me like I thought the market would be around 200 plus given what we've seen so this entire 
off season so far has just been like unpredictable in so many different ways, but to not, I don't know, like to, to, I, I hope we understand or get more information about the degree to which the Cubs were serious about Rodon, but given how everything's looked so far, it's possible the Jed just kind of sits this out. I don't understand what's going on. Yeah, I mean, it's a weird spot. Um, you know, we've talked, I was in the studio with Luke and Cody and Ryan a couple of days ago, you know, the day after Correa had signed and uh, emotions were running high. And, you know, we've talked a lot about how disappointing this offseason has been so far, um, confusing, to say the least, as well. And, you know, at the same time, trying to give them at least some runway that there is still time, there are still some players, but with each passing minute, and this is one of the things that we talked about, like, targets are just coming off the board, and you find yourself in a spot where even if you're trying to dream on like, okay, how, how do they, how do they make this work? How do they salvage this so that we all feel good about this off season? You know, tick, 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 right? Like at some point you have to make a play for some of these guys, right? Like at this point, do you sure. think this was Jed's plan all along? Like he targeted Dansby Swanson, he targeted certain guys that are just not being discussed, or he's in these trade talks, and it was never part of his idea to seriously consider the other shortstops, Rodone, any of these guys. Was that part of his plan, you think? I mean, I think it's definitely possible. I mean, it's hard to know what to believe, but you know, there was the report yesterday that they ended up not even making an offer on Correa. <laughs> um, so perhaps, but I, I guess you know, we'd be able to evaluate that once things are done. But I guess my concern with that is you don't have Dansby Swanson right now. Like as you and I are recording this, they don't have Dansby Swanson. And my issue with believing that that was the plan is it's an, I I know he was getting married. I know I think currently he's on his honeymoon. Like it may have it's kind of changed how that negotiating process was going, but like it seems like an odd plan to wait all of this out, let the other shortstops get these monster contracts that Dansby is, of course, going to at least somewhat use to justify getting himself more, and then leaving it to where you have teams like the Red Sox, the Dodgers, etc., who maybe feel like they need to do something, and they say, yeah, let's go check in on Dansby, right? Like, mm-hmm. So if that was your plan, it seems like an odd way to go about it. Um, but hey, like if their plan all along was to get Dansby and they end up with Dansby, then fine, I guess. But like my overall point is just that you know, and we'll talk about some of this, uh, you know, and, and you and I did an episode on Dansby a while back about like, you know, what would they need to do? So, you know, you guys can listen to that too on the CHGO Cubs feed. But the, the, the point remains that it just becomes such a tight needle to thread, right? Where you're like, okay, let's say they get Dansby. Where do they add power? They could do it with Justin Turner at third base, and they could do Trey Mancini at first base, and, you know, they could get certain guys for the bench or, you know, things like that. And it's like, okay, but you don't, you know, again, you don't have any of those players. And as more guys come off the board, like, is the idea that the Jed Hoyer has this very specific plan 
that is all going to happen at once, like once every other top free agent has signed? Like that feels a little hard to believe, doesn't it? It seems risk averse. Like the plan seems risk averse, but this also not easily understood. I was listening to you guys on the Wednesday show and Cody brought this up. Like in the past, there was a clear plan. But there doesn't seem to be a clear plan right now. And it's hard to understand what the hell they're doing. In the past, you knew what the Cubs were doing. They signed Lester. They bought pitching. They invested heavily in top-tier hitting talent at the prospect level. That was their plan. They spent the first few years shoring up the foundational the foundational part of their scouting department and their farm system. Okay, that was a plan. It worked out. They won the World Series. People do forget that. Jed's plan right now seems to be tracking. Like you see the logic of it, trading some of the core guys that were unable to be extended, get back prospects, and hit a window of competitiveness when the market is hot and available. The market's available right now. But when you're hearing reports that they didn't offer Correa a contract, when you're hearing reports that Vasquez chose Minnesota over the Cubs, that they weren't in on many of these guys, it makes the moves that Jed made over the last 18 months very questionable. It makes the execution or lack thereof of Wilson kind of startling that it didn't work out. And so I'm looking at Jed's plan, and I kind of understand what he was doing, but for me, it was always under the impression that this offseason, this window right here, would be taken advantage of, and we're not really seeing that, and I wonder, I really wonder if that is going to be a fatal mistake, and I'm really concerned about that. Well, and I mean, I guess the other question that we can wonder aloud about is, is it by design, right? Like, I mean you know, people have wondered about what the budget is and how this team is going to operate and what their real goal is. And you by know, design, by whom? By ownership or I by mean, Jed? All of them. I mean, oh, man. ownership is so ownership disheveled. and the business side are putting certain restrictions. Jed knows those restrictions and he doesn't feel that, you know, adding Correa on that deal is something he's going to be able to work with in the future, given those restrictions, right? We're not going to know. The other fun part about this that we've been discussing is that some of this is leaking publicly, which is great. Uh, So whether, you know, who's telling the truth or how this is all leaking out or whatever, it, it doesn't look good, right? You have the business operations president going on the radio and for some reason telling everybody that they have money to spend. And then at least right now, you have a president who isn't spending it. Uh, so that looks great and it looks and sounds like they're not exactly on the same page. So that's super exciting as a fan of the team, um, that, you know, potentially the two departments of the team are not exactly aligned with one another. So that's something to be concerned about potentially. I, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's, it's a weird spot. Um, and, you know, to reiterate, right, like Dansby's still there. So, I think I joined the the chorus of people. That feels like a must. Can't miss, Brendan. Like, everybody's individual feelings on him relative to the other three shortstops that signed, et cetera, et cetera. Like, the the big thing and why everybody was so dead set on those shortstops is 
a, a few reasons, right? One of the primary reasons is that you have a ton of space in the years to come, right? This has been well documented, but you know, after, uh, you know, after this year, they have like a hundred and fifty plus. So much do money, the math, right? It's so much money. after this year, Hayward's off the books. Bellinger will be off the books, regardless of how he performs, right? If he's bad, you're not going to want him. And if he's good, he's not taking that option. He's going to go get himself a contract. Right now, you don't have, uh, like Ian Happ, you don't have a deal with him. So whatever he's making is going to come out. I mean, Nico's off the books in three years. Right. Marcus Stroman could opt out after next year. Like that would be, and I think there's others, like that's a ton of money off the books. And you look at the free agent class next year, and it's just not great, right? If Shohei Otani makes it to free agency, that would be lovely. But he might not, right? He might get extended. He could get traded and extended. You just never know. Same with someone like Devers, right, who the Red Sox said today they're really working to extend. Like sometimes these guys don't make free agency. So right now, the Cubs have the space to add someone who will help build that foundation of, as Jed always says, the next great Cubs team, which who knows when that's coming, by the way. Ten more years. And if you don't add to that foundation now, you know, some people would say, well, this team isn't close enough. Why should they make this move? You have to build that foundation at some point, right? And I don't always want to relate it back to the last rebuild, but it's the easiest like cross-reference for all of us to understand. You go back to like the 2014 area, right? That team had a pretty solid foundation of people that Theo was able to say, okay, these guys are going to be here in the future. We also have these blue chip prospects, can't miss prospects. The Cubs don't have that right now. They have a lot of good prospects. They don't have, you know, pre-debut Chris Bryant. They just don't, right? Yeah. So you also had like Anthony Rizzo, like coming into his own, developing, and and someone you knew was going to be a building block of that team. They end up trading him before they win the World Series, but you had Starlin Castro, you know, on that team, someone you were looking at and saying, okay, we could have him as a building block if these middle infield prospects come up and don't hit. We've already got this guy playing at the major league level. You had like Travis Wood coming off a good year. You had Jake Arrieta. You didn't think he was going to do what he did in 2015, but he had a good finish to that year. You had like building blocks in place and that, and then they went and got John Lester to continue adding to that foundation, right? Like the organization isn't really in that, well, that same that place. was the plan that we're talking about right and it was clear right the organization right now you 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 have like nico and Seiya, right but you only have nico right now for a, a short amount of time oh, if you don't work I mean, out don't an extension and Seiya's in his second year coming over from japan right beyond that you don't have like a huge foundation that's why they need at this point to go get Dansby Swanson you need a really good player to be able to say okay here is one you know person who is here for a significant amount of time that we can then build around if you don't do that I don't like I don't know what you're you're not left with very much I think it's rational and objective to question Jed's entire tenure with this team as president, uh, like dating back to the Darvish trade, the it, this could all work out. By the way, as you said, they could sign Dazzy, make these deals, all of that could work out. It's getting to the point now where that seems really 
improbable to to compete for next year with all those moves. It could happen, but as you always point out, Corey, it's a fine uh, thread to needle. So going back, we kind of saw the writing thread. on the wall. Is that what it is? My yes. brain's all messed up. But going back to, and I knew I was messing that up as, as I was saying it, going back to the Darvish deal, like when he traded you, Darvish, to San Diego, got back teenagers, uh, that was kind of the writing on the wall. It wasn't the fact that you was traded. It was trading for a really variable package of players. And it could work out. We always say it could work out. But the confidence in that working out is going to be very minimal based on history. And we keep saying this over and over and over again, even dating back to the core trades. And they look good. The hobby bias for PCA trade looks really good. Uh, the Chris Bryant for Canario and Killian, that looks good. And then Alcantara with Rizzo, that looks good. You can also be a steel man here and say, you know what? Maybe trading Rizzo even for Alcantara was not the right deal because you have this void of first base. You can even consider, hey, you know what? Even with Chris Bryant's injuries last year, 160 million looks okay right now given the market. You can you can make these arguments and we'll see how it ultimately plays out. But even if you end up liking those trades in the next two to three years, What's currently on this team to inspire confidence that you're going to have a five-year competitive window? It's it's not really there. And going even way further back here, now the assignment of responsibility for that, uh, those last few years with Theo as president for Jed, who, who knows how responsible Jed was, but there is responsibility in how that shaped out and being behind the curve in pitching development and missing the boat on some of these free Asian moves. And again, I know that there were, there were budget restrictions, but those were misses and we keep seeing them piled over and over and over again by, by Jed. And so I, I'm wondering, like, this was this a mistake? Was it a mistake for Ricketts to bring back Jed Hoyer and not get a fresh uh, set of eyes leading this organization? And I think if you were to, you know, this is the highly emotional recent response, but if I had to pick a side right now, I would say this is a mistake. I see this is this is very difficult for the Cubs to go forward in a competitive window in the next season or two seasons. It could work. They could make all these moves we're talking about. The prospects could develop, but this was a risky risky move and i based on recent history it rarely works out well for teams who operate like this well so how much of what how much of what you just said like how how is it altered if they sign Dansby Swanson this weekend you add a degree of stability to the team you're going to add in maybe a projected 3 to 5 war you're going to add in maybe a higher ceiling in six, seven war. Uh, you're not going to create much payroll restrictions in the next few seasons as a result, given the current construction. You still need to go out and make additional moves. And even with signing Swanson, as we've always talked about, there is some uncertainty in his offensive profile going forward. It's great that he has that defensive base, that defensive value base, but that type of offensive variability does put the Cubs in a position where to be good in the next year or two, they're probably in better shape if they go out and get like three to four other bats. So it's a it's a difficult goal 
by Jed to accomplish, even with Gideon Dansby. It can be done, and this is the point we're talking about. It can be done, but the, there's there's so many more moves that have to be made. And as a fan sitting here and seeing the lack of moves, I wonder if it's even possible, if Jed even has it in him. And given how the market shaped out, which it appears as if he kind of miscalculated at this point, you know, I wonder if he starts to extend this rebuild that he never called it as such. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Um, we'll talk more about, you know, Dansby and, and some of the other things uh, after our first break here. But, you know, kind of to close off this portion, I think, you know, where we sit right now, right? Like there's, you know, still potential for moves and there is still one of the four shortstops, which was, you know, kind of always the first goal, uh, getting one of them. Uh, so we'll see if the Cubs end up doing that. But I think like early on, like it's, it's easy to be disappointed that they have thus far sat out completely on the high end of this market, right? Um, I understand, you know, some of the risk in signing someone like Carlos Rodon. I understand a lot of people's uh, trepidation, even though I don't agree with it, with, you know, some of these massive contracts that some of these other guys have gotten. But when you look at the Cubs' future uh, payroll situation, and also when you look at what the annual average value shakes out for some of those contracts, and just kind of considering what inflation will be and and what of the value of a contract will be in 10 years right like I, I don't think the impact is as significant as some people think it is but also like you look at the flexibility that the Cubs have in terms of their payroll going forward and I just don't think a lot of these contracts are would have hampered them from doing anything like that's where the disappointment really comes in um Jed is allowed to have a plan, and at some point we may have a better idea of what that is. But I'm at the moment, like, I'm just hard pressed, Brendan, to see how, like, let's say the Sometimes two Carlos don't work, right? Yeah, of course. But, like, let's say the two Carloses, right? Like, you're not looking at if they had signed both of those guys, the 2023 team is a lot better, legitimately better, and getting, I think, a lot closer, maybe very close to being uber competitive, right, for a playoff spot. I don't think you're looking at either of those deals thinking, wow, this is going to ruin the franchise, you know? And I know so many people are going to talk about Jason Hayward. They don't at the same time talk about John Lester's deal, which was perfectly fine for, uh, you know, he was, he had a down year in the last year, right? But otherwise, you know, had been worth a few war every season. He also gave you two Cy Young level seasons at the beginning of that deal. So that was a longer term deal that didn't hamstring the organization. And like, the only thing that that stopped them from doing was that they didn't spend over when they needed to. That was an ownership call, right? But they won a championship with that deal. They went out and they signed you, Darvish. They almost won a second pennant the year later. So, like, I, I, I know the argument is that, like, well, they're scared to do a Hayward deal. It prevented them from getting Bryce Harper or whatever. Like, no, it, it didn't. Like, the, the ownership situation and the business situation with some of their investments and things like that, that prevented them from signing Bryce Harper. 
I don't. I Do don't you know what I'm? Think, you know what I'm getting at though. I, I get what you're. I like. I'm saying that the, the disappointment that I have right now is that they're they're not playing in the top level of this market, and I I I really don't buy the ideal that these moves would hamstring them four years from now from signing anybody. I just don't think that's what would happen. Hayward didn't hamstring the team. Like the lack of pitching development hamstrung the team. It was a money sink to fix the worst pitching infrastructure in Major League Baseball. They had to spend all that money on guys who had broken elbows. Brandon Morrow, Tyler Chatwood couldn't couldn't throw strikes for a year and a half. They had to spend money on Steve Cizek to be used every game by Joe Madden. So it wasn't the Hayward contract. That was a that was like the worst case outcome right. by Hayward. But if you even produce a few pitchers right. in your system, it wouldn't have then mattered. you can go out and get Bryce Harper. Right. You can get these guys. Absolutely. And I, and it just it, it, again it goes to and, and part of the reason that now it's it's Dansby or bust is like you need, these are when these players are available. You know, and it you absolutely need them in is the Dansby or bust. Of course, it not has sure to sugarcoat it. It is Dansby. You it's it's at this point you have to overpay for Dansby Swanson because if you if you don't then you're looking at a, a rebuild that on paper crazy stuff happens as such as the Hayward one percentile outcome but on paper you're not going to get an 85 plus win projection from this team in the next year and for the following year outside of significant trades you're also not going to get it Corey so if they don't get Dansby Swanson and overpay for him then you're looking at a really long extended window. And we're having the same damn conversation we had when they traded you Darvish because they used you Darvish's value for a win window that was two, three years away that was also coming with a high degree of variability. And guess what? We're seeing it. Like Reggie Preciado just had a significant yeah. uh had a significant injury. This stuff happens, man. The Carnario injury, it was significant. The Brennan Davis injury is significant. This stuff happens. And that's what's so frustrating about a plan like this, especially right. in a big market. I think I think it it's ultimately to say that when you have the flexibility budget wise, you know, in terms of like what you're gonna be freeing up and what you have on the books in the next couple of years to not be adding and and sort of starting to build that foundation of the the next team that you're really going to push all your chips in even if that's not now building that foundation now i it it does raise legitimate questions as to like what your plan is like these I mean, players are point, available now they're not yeah, going to yeah. be available next season so i yeah i don't know man it's it's very confusing i'll do the ad break here after this but then you can look at like we we always talk about, oh, you know what? Jet trading Javi and KB and Rizzo, those were good moves. That made sense. But also what could have been done in the process that wasn't done, right? You see other moves made by other uh, teams and GMs and presidents, and they look savvy. You see what the Cardinals have done with Arenado and Goldschmidt, and that looks savvy. So I'm sitting here wondering, where's our savvy moves? Where's our savvy trades? Go out and make the... like. Go out and make the obvious deal. Sure. You can say those those core trades of hobby were obvious. Sure. Give me something that's not obvious. Give me some creativity. Where Where is that? We're just sitting here. And how am I supposed to be confident in Jed as a president that over the last, what is this, like six years have been a complete and total disaster? 
where where is the confidence, Corey? It's I'm getting more like well, apparently up Jed was this. the one that wanted Pedro Strope included in the Arietta deal eight years ago. Does that count? <laughs> sure, that counts. Yeah. We'll give we'll, we'll give him points for that. Let me do this ad break and then I'll turn it back over to you. The first sponsor here is Shady Rays. They never understood why sunglasses are so expensive, so they set out to change it. You don't have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this fall because our friends at Shady Rays have you covered. Shady Rays are premium polarized shades featuring world-class optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles cater to everyone in every lifestyle. The best part about Shady Rays, they have the most insane protection program in all of eyewear, lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your shades on day one, they told us that they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. If you drop them in the link, if you throw your sunglasses at the wall after they don't sign Dansby Swanson, they will replace them. Even with that strong of a protection program, they still manage to make quality that I can tell you holding in my hands. I have two pairs. They seem just as good as any expensive pair that I have ever worn in the past. Shady Rays customers seem to agree with over 200,000 five-star reviews. Shady Rays also provides 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order placed and have donated over 200 million meals to date. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is running their deepest deal of the season. Use code CHGO for 50% off two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. Perfect time for the holiday season. Buy one, get one free. You can get two pairs for as low as $54. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com, where you can find all their newest and best shades. Second break here from our sponsor, GameTime. GameTime is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. If you've ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could, the 50-yard line, courtside, behind, home plate, floor seats at a concert, it's now possible with the GameTime app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats you thought you could never buy. You won't find a better deal this season on Bulls games, Bears games, Blackhawks games, upcoming Cubs spring training tickets if any fans go to those games and make no deals you know this app is created by the fans for the fans and it guarantees the lowest price if you love CSGO then you will love game time the best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description of this episode below and you can join over 15 million people who have downloaded the game time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events all right, Brendan. Um, <sighs> it's a weird spot, you know. Well, I didn't because to be this like upset about. No, anything. I know, and I, I don't know, man. I try to be, you know, my my whole thing is like, you know, let's wait until spring training. It's all over. Let's see what the team looks like. But it's it's difficult to try and make sense of yeah. exactly what the the plan is here. And I mean, I, I think. At best, it's disappointing that they're not being as aggressive as we wanted them to be, right? Like, I think a lot of us had kind of hoped that this would be the sort of let's flip the switch a little bit off season, And, you know, I don't know. There's still time for some of that, but it's really running out. Um, it just reminds, it, like this moment in time reminds me of the last three years. And the lack of moves in the last three years. Like, yeah, that's why I mean, and when upset. we're getting, oh, you got Brad Boxberger, you know, it's like, it's and, and it's, stuff, you know, man. you've got, you, you know, your other, you know, you didn't with Tyone, but like with Bellinger and Boxberger, like, you know, you've signed them to deals that you could definitely trade them at the deadline, right? And it's like, yeah, we've seen this movie before, right? So, uh, boy, um, 
Yeah, it's it's <laughs> no. I mean, it's it's Dansby or bust. Um, it abs. I mean, it absolutely yeah, is. Again, you have be. to overpay for Dansby. Like you may be very uncomfortable with this deal, but at this point, I don't see in the next three years a path forward. What is a path forward? You hope Canario's injuries aren't that bad. You hope Brennan can play baseball. Like, what's the path forward? Right. right. Yeah. You, no. I mean, like I none. said, like you don't. You don't. You have great you have some really good and great prospects you've done great work on that system like 2015 Chris Bryan isn't busting through that door you know what I mean I love PCA and he can continue to develop and maybe he gets there right but Chris Bryan was that guy from day one he was that guy from the minute he was drafted you know it was just how that was gonna go he's not walking through that door right now you know and he wasn't the only top prospect you had the Cubs had a ton of them you know um, so it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a difficult, it was a, that was a once in a generation. Yes. Farm and system. I desperately hope that they are not planning on having that happen again, because it almost never works that way. So, uh, even like, even if you look at how the Dodgers have operated over the past decade, they, they've had a great farm system. A lot of their value came from external acquisitions, both that were savvy and that were cost, very costly. Like Mookie was very costly. Uh, the Trey Turner trade was very costly, but they also were able to have savvy deals in a form of like Max Muncie and Justin Turner and get really top shelf pitching value from deals as well. Even Tyler Anderson from last year. So a lot of the moves they made were also in the form of giving up a lot of value in the form of either prospects or in the form of cash. The the Cubs don't appear to be willing to do the cash part to supplement their roster. And that's that 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 is the unacceptable part that I think a lot of fans can't shake. Yeah. Um all right. So let's talk options. How do we salvage this, right? So Dansby is obviously number one. You got to do it, right? I mean, honestly, the fact that Jed, I'm not sure where they are, but like the fact that Jed isn't on a plane to Hawaii or wherever uh, Dansby is honeymooning is disappointing, right? Like that's the level to which you need to to get this done. Um, If I'm Jed Hoyer, I would be at the buffet tomorrow morning (laughs) with a contract in hand. You know, sorry to interrupt. Blank, blank Congratulations, check. but yeah, we need Please this done. This. We need this done right now. Yeah. Um, we've talked about how that would put you in a really good place, obviously, with your middle infield defense. Cody Bellinger in center field. Your defense up the middle looks really good. You still have to figure out the catching thing. Um, how they do that, I'm not sure, but there's at least some options, some better than others, right? So you you'd have that. You'd have a guy in Dansby who can give you, uh, you know, probably mid-20s home runs. You'd certainly see how his bat plays at Wrigley Field as well. Um, so that's 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 all good stuff, right? Uh, you're going to want someone who doesn't strike out as much, right? Dansby strikes out a good bit. Uh, you're going to want some more slug. You're going to want some more power. And you still have decisions you would have to make at third base, first base, you know, what exactly your plan is with Matt Mervis, where does Patrick Wisdom fit into all of this, 
Uh, how are you building out any you know other depth as far as platoons go, things like that. So some of the names that I've seen thrown out there, uh, Justin Turner, um, J.D. Martinez, maybe to D.H., Michael Conforto was connected to the Cubs uh, this afternoon by some folks in the media sphere. Those are, you know, just some of the names that are out there. Now, again, part of my worry with that, right, is you have to get all those guys, right? To make this plan work, you have to execute like several different moves all at once. And, you know, if I'm, I think Justin Turner's 38 years old, right? If I'm him, like, and I only have a few good years of offense left, um, I'm probably going to need to see a little bit more from the Cubs here before I'm going to spend my last couple years here, right? Is that fair? I, I mean, I would I think, think so. I don't know him, right? But that seems like that would factor into it. If I got a, if I got the same deal or a little less money from a team where I felt like, yeah, they're going to win the World Series next year, I'd probably take that one. But who knows? Maybe he loves hitting at Wrigley Field. You know, same with someone like J.D. Martinez. Um, but where where would you be looking? What are your priorities if you go and get Swanson? How how do you make this work? Because like here here's the the question I'm asking. I guess right. Like let's as you asked in the beginning. Let's say that Jed really does have a plan. I don't know that I believe that anymore. I don't think that I do. Um, let's say he has this plan. How, what would it look like for at the end of all of this, not to feel like, oh, wow, like they're going to go win the World Series, but to feel like, oh, you know, this actually looks pretty solid and competitive. And, you know, Jed actually pulled a rabbit out of a hat, right? Is that possible? Like, what does that look like? Okay. Uh, a lot has to happen. In, in my mind, this is how I, I think about the next few moves in the remaining couple months here. Currently, the Cubs are projected by Fangraphs to have 23 hitting total war wins above replacement, 23. That is sixth worst in Major League Baseball. So that's awesome. They also have, and this is the part that's not getting much attention right now just because the, the lack of offensive moves have been so dramatic they also have the sixth worst pitching war in the league so they have both the sixth worst hitting and pitching war Dope. to be yeah to be in the top 12 of total projected war right now they would need to acquire about 12 wins above replacement externally 12 that's a big ass to even be in the top 12 of Major League Baseball. So how does that work out? If they had signed Correa with a projected war five to seven, then you immediately jump up into that range where stuff happens. If they signed Correa, not to, I know you said, what are they going to do next? But dating back to, to putting this in perspective, they said, if they signed Correa and uh, Rodon, then they would have been a playoff team. Like they would have been in the projection as a highly probable playoff team. Uh, when I say highly probable, like maybe like more than 40%. So that's not there. So if they go and sign Dansby, then your projected war is about three to four. So you're still looking at about a necessary eight to 10 wins that you have to add elsewhere. That's where it becomes tricky. 
because you start looking at the Turners and the Drury's and J.D. Martinez, and you see gaping holes in their games. For Drury, it's going to be the um, the lack of, of plate approach. For Turner, it's going to be the age. For J.D. Martinez, it's going to be the defensive value as well as the age. It's hard to see how this shapes out. Uh, the path forward to immediate, highly likely competitiveness seems to be in the form of trades. And that's the concerning part given Canario's injury, Brennan's injury, and the lower level talent that other teams may not be willing to depart their good players for at this point. They may want back immediate value. And we've seen that even in rumors for for some of these guys. So the one option, as you alluded to earlier in the podcast, is you look at Toronto, and they may be willing to depart with one of their catchers. They have been rumored to be wanting to stay under the luxury tax. Even Bo Bichette has been rumored as a guy that might be available given the arbitration ex- escalation over the next couple of years with, all, with a lot of their guys. So that's an option, but to narrow it down into what needs to happen, they need to go out and add at minimum like 10 wins above replacement at this point to be in the conversation of a 30 to 50% chance to playoffs. As it stands right now, they probably have like a 5 to 10% chance. And crazy stuff happens, but they're a standard deviation away from more than that from being in the playoffs. And right now you can't bet on that. And Dansby does move the needle a little bit, but you're still hugging that one standard deviation away from a playoff spot. And that's just not going to cut it. There needs to be significant surprises in the offseason for 2023 to be realistic, unfortunately. Okay. Well, that didn't make me feel any better. I mean, does, are you? Is that like not a rational? No, it is thinking process. Uh, no, I was okay. just hoping you were going to lay something out where I'd be like, "Oh, okay, great." It's possible. Yeah. I mean, it's possible, but mm-hmm. like, they, it, you, you knew this all along. You're the one saying this. They have to. What's the phrase? They have to needle a fine thread. Is that what it is? Uh, it's fine. We'll <laughs> work with. Yeah, it's fine. We'll work with you on that. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, that's what it is. So. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Ah, uh, man, I don't know, dude. I like, are we dumb for thinking that they were gonna like make big splashes and they're, I mean, announce they're that they were back as the Chicago it. Cubs? Like, are we idiots for believing that? Well, I mean, we're idiots for different yeah, reasons, but I don't think that. I just, man, you, 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 you have time, you have players, you have runway, you have the money to do it, but you really need to act to kind of disprove the notion that you kind of think that you're the Cleveland Guardians, right? Like, it, it just, that's how you're acting, and it's just... Well, they have their GM, so, you know. Well, I would have thought that Carter one. would have left to work <laughs> for an organization that would actually spend money, but yeah, maybe right. the writing was on the wall, right? Yeah. But it, it sucks just even talking about that and, and thinking about what Correa... And one other significant move right. would have done to this team. Yeah, look, like, I mean, there's a the reason that people were pushing it. I, I know that some people are averse to these long-term deals, but I, I think you have to like kind of, you know, look at the, you know, the the forest, not the trees, right? Like, and, and kind of see the bigger picture and how all of that would have fit in to some larger picture rather than just assuming that a long-term deal is a bad idea and hamstrings, you know, anyone that ever does it. Um it's not always like that. Um, 
Yeah, the 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 other thing too that that kind of plays in my mind a little bit is like at what and and look, some people are going to say that the the Ricketts and ownership they like Jed operating like this because this is what they want. Like they just want a team that at some point loosely looks like they're going to be competitive, they can make their money and they don't really care beyond that. You can decide whether that's true or not. I can't tell you. But at some point though, like you're you know, Jed is is has been, this is going to be his third season, right, as the president of this team. His, his team, his vision, his, you know, everything. Everything falls at his feet. At this point, right, like he is going to be, as as it looks right now for 2023, things can change and we'll amend this. But if we were doing this right now, he's looking at being 0-3 on making the playoffs, 0-3 on winning the division, 0-3 on, they weren't 500 in 2021, right? They tanked that, right? I can't really remember. Yeah. After the trade deadline, I, I emotionally blacked out. Yeah. Uh, so he'd be 0 for 3, maybe, on being over 500, right? If you're looking at the roster right now, I would take under 81 for sure, right? Um, that's not a good legacy, Brendan. And at some point, like, whether it's by design or not, like, if you're an ownership group, if you're a business group, how long of a leash are you giving a guy to actually do something as he's running the team? Like, what he inherited is what he inherited, but we're talking about professional sports, right? It's as fickle as a game as they come. You know, coaches win the the Super Bowl and get fired a year later. Like, this is not necessarily always a, a meritocracy, right? And ownership groups make up their mind based on all sorts of things. Like, that's where I also can't piece a lot of this together, where it's like, I get if Jed is you know, worried that the, 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 you know, the funnel gets shut off like it did for Bryce Harper and he's very carefully doing all of this and it's scaring him from doing certain things, whatever it is, right? But at some point, dude, like you're in charge of the team. You can't just lose all the time, can yeah. you? Like at some point when you're in charge and, and the buck stops with you, it's your legacy as a leader. Like he doesn't, you're Jed Hoyer, you're, you get some credit right, for what happened prior. But listen to everybody talk. Listen to the way that it's done in the media. Pick up any Cubs DVD uh, book or anything like that. The, the only person that gets credit in those things is Theo Epstein, right? It, it yep. was his team. It doesn't matter how much input or anything anybody else did. We all think of it as Theo Epstein. Theo Epstein won the World Series for the Chicago Cubs in 2016. That's what happens. That's what everybody would say, right? When I, when you and I are, uh, you know, in, in 90 years old, reading to our kids, our respective kids, we're not going to say Theo Epstein and his general manager, Jed Hoyer. We're going to say Theo Epstein, right? So, yeah. like, that's where Jed is now. And, like, it at some point, like, how long of a leash do you have to meander around? Whether it's budget restrictions fault or ownership's fault or the mess you inherited with some of these contracts, whatever, right? It doesn't matter. At some point, you you got to do something, right? You have two you can't seasons. You just sit there. You have, his contract runs through 2025. So 2023, 2024. If there's no competitiveness by 2024, the 
the incentive for the for the owners to keep him is going to be really low. Just cut bait one year after his contract is is due up and go a different direction. So Jed kind of has a two-year window. <laughs> he has to be competitive in the next two seasons, or I would say is a decent chance he's let go for his final season. All right, quick break here from our sponsor, Foco Chicago. You've already got the best coverage for your favorite team, so get fitted out in the best sports gear around. Foco has you covered from Soldier Field to the living room, north or south side, with hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. Get decked out like Damar with apparel from the leader in sports merch and collectibles, Foco. Looking for the perfect gift for the football fan in your life? Foco has you covered with hoodies to fight that Lake Michigan breeze. Check out Foco.com or click the link in the description below. For all non-presale items, use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. Second break here from our sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. DraftKings is my go-to when betting on the NFL or NBA this holiday season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out right now. Everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place the same game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code CHGO. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. So this is one of those moments, Brendan, where I'm glad that you and I are not in the same room because I'm going to ask Wait, you no I'm oh, just going to ask you, you when you preface when you no, preface no, it no, like no, that. no 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 it's not it's not breaking news I'm not doing that <sighs> no Dude, I'm just going like to ask you a question out, that man. I think you're going to get mad at me okay do you have anything interesting to say about Brad Boxberger? <laughs> are you are you being like serious here what I, what who else do you want to talk about Brendan <laughs> This is also the problem with the way the Cubs are acting is they don't give, you know, podcasting is very hard, you guys, and they don't, you know, we we need them to give us stuff to talk about. Like, no, you don't have to talk, but this is who they signed. Like, what do you want me to ask you? Oh, my God. All right. Well, give me like uh, five seconds here. I'll give you my little spiel once I pull this up. But like, this is this is the issue. Like I'm like tired of doing this, dude. Like I'm tired of squinting at these pages and trying to figure out if a player's good or not. Like I just want something obvious. Sure. I, I, I don't want to keep digging into this stuff. But if you look at Come Boxberger, on, Brennan, the what what is he thirty? He'll be thirty five next year. Thirty five year I old mean, relievers don't get you going. That doesn't get you out of bed in the morning. And dude, like I mean, I'm looking at his stuff in command right now. Like I don't, I don't know. This is just like instant reaction but I don't I don't see it his fastball so he throws a four seam change up his slider three pitches his four seam fastball is a 45 on the 80 scale his change up is 45 on the 80 scale and his slider is 40 on the 80 scale so I mean just looking at this they've gotten guys with similar profiles in the past that have more like gyro action when their sliders are that bad so maybe he's one of those guys I have to go back and check but from looking at stuff alone it appears as if it sucks. <laughs> so, uh, two and a half was it? Two point eight million for this uh, command. He's average. His changeup, he locates that changeup pretty well. 
I imagine they see something in his game that can get him to the next level. They probably see that change-up command as reason that he might be average to slightly below league average, a fifth inning guy, sixth inning guy uh, for only $2.8 million. That seems to be why they got Brad Boxberger. And I swear to God, Corey, if we do this again next week, talking about one of these guys, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm losing my mind right now doing this. Yeah. Um, Are you I, excited you know, about Brad Boxberger? No, I, I, nobody's nobody's excited about that. But, uh, you know, look, the Cubs have had a, a nice track record with bringing in veteran relievers, getting the most out of them, um, you know, tinkering around with them, and, you know, getting productive results out of them. So it's, it's certainly not exciting, but it is something that they've done a good job of over the years, and, you know, hopefully this uh, fits somewhere into that uh, line of thinking. And either he is a useful part of a bullpen, uh, somebody you can trade. Again, we've seen a lot of success with that as well. The Cubs have uh, really added to their um, system, their pipeline, a lot with the use of signing veteran relievers and then giving uh, them to somebody else. That Zach McKinstry trade, very good. McKinstry's a great utility player. Right. Great future ahead of him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Brendan is not pleased. I'm in a mood. I, look, I'm not either, but I'm, I, I are, you know, when I was in the studio on Wednesday after Correa had signed, we kind of let it out a bit, right? I like, haven't had a chance to let it out. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So I've, I've already kind of let it out. I've let out my preemptive anger, even with the caveat, right, that Dansby's still there. Maybe they still have moves to make, blah, blah, blah. But we, we aired it out. On, on Wednesday, pretty pretty good. And in, in, in I his, didn't plan for this to happen. Yeah, like I, I went into this podcast and I'm, like, right, I'm going to be you know objective here. This is what they need to do because after they get Dansby, this is the path forward. And as I'm talking out loud, I like my my brain spirals. It's, yeah, it's a little yeah, n- no doubt. But um, I would say you know that's kind of the nature of the game. And like there will again. We'll continue to react as things happen, but like ultimately, like once we do have an idea, okay, like all the shortstops are gone. The Cubs either got one or they didn't. The off season is over. They either acted like a, a major market team or they acted like clowns again. You know, we'll there will either be a, a you know a full analysis of that, or there will be a, you know probably an episode that is laced with a lot of expletives. Um, not just, you know, from Brendan and I, but everybody, right? Uh, it's it's just an odd spot, right? Because you don't want to freak out too much preemptively. But I, I think at the moment, like, it is, it's very difficult, I think, to talk yourself into believing that there is some genius plan going on right now um, because it just really doesn't seem that way. What it seems like as you said, Brendan, and as we've talked about, is that the market jumped our boy Jed Hoyer. Uh, yeah. it, it it played out in a manner that he was not expecting. Some teams went absolutely crazy with what they were offering. Uh, and the kind of let's wait around and hope we can convince somebody of this savvy, you know, option-laden deal that we want them to take just didn't materialize and it didn't work that way and you're kind of now playing catch up a little bit and you're 
in a position where you, as you said, you have to get Dansby Swanson. You have to give him whatever it takes to get him to sign that deal and come to Chicago. Or, boy, you know, you have struck out big time. Uh, And this is after, I, I think it was Carter Hawkins, right, like specifically addressed being in the shortstop market on your own TV channel, right? Yeah. So that if is... If you miss Dansby Swanson, you are on paper one of the worst teams in the league. Hell yeah. And the path forward to not being one of the worst teams in the league is very difficult to imagine. Right. That's the outcome. So, yeah. Good times. Fun stuff. I... I, can't, I cannot believe we're talking about it like this. I, I yeah, really I did. I didn't. Believe well, that. that's why I asked you if we were stupid for thinking it was going to play a, a play out otherwise. I don't know. We were told. I mean, dude, we were told like what eight days ago, ten days ago, we're, we're maybe getting Bogarts and then some. <laughs> that was funny. Like, what the yeah. hell happened? I don't know. <sighs> it's a it's a weird spot. As I, I've said this over the years a little bit. Uh, excuse me, over the last year a little bit. Like this is unique territory. For you and I, um, you and I spent five years talking about a very competitive baseball team, and the last, you know, what like two and a half years, a real uh, flip of the script on that, or one and a half years so far. Uh, you know, we're not used to this. So, as fans, we're used to this. As people talking about this team, we're, we're not used to this. So this is uncharted waters for us um yeah I don't know man it's it's a it's a tough spot but we'll see right we I think we need Dan to come back that. from his we'll see though. that's just a great great way to describe it we'll see I, yeah well, when is, is Dan coming back I let me ask him I don't know what did they put that out <laughs> need on, to know. on for public information I don't know <laughs> I don't know I, I think my predominant feeling at the moment is disappointment so far and then like genuine concern, right, for just how this is playing out and, um, you know, what is being allowed to happen. Because like, you know, even like on, on Thursday too, you look at like Rodon going to the Yankees and for a moment, like they seemed maybe not sure if Aaron Judge was going to stay there. Some of that seemed to be, you know, uh, posturing on Judge's part to get more money, which he ended up getting. But, like, at least for a moment, it seemed unsure if that was going to happen. And then they did, and then they go out and they make an aggressive move to add to their rotation, right? Like, I, I, my, my point is, is that for a moment for the Yankees, it felt, like, uncertain and, like, scary, right? We could lose our franchise player. We haven't made any other moves. Like, what's going to happen here? And, you know, a, a, a couple weeks later, they've they've got their guy, and then they go out and do more. You know, they go out and make an even more aggressive move and say, look, we have to keep pace with some of these other teams. We haven't gotten as far in the playoffs as we wanted. We got to keep going, right? And, like, you know, we got Brad Boxberger today. So... It's just a it's just a contrast, you know, and like the the organizations are in different places, but it's hard not to be a little worried, Brendan. Um, they have got to sign Dansby Swanson. I don't even, dude. Cubs Twitter is going to be insane if they miss on all four of those shortstops. Insane. 
And they need to do more. And they're playing it. They're pushing that convention really hard. You have to bring somebody there, right? Well, I saw Luke talk about that. It's like the Ricketts are doing a panel this year. And they, you know, they announced it. Like, do they, and I've said this before, like the, 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 the fans that go to Cubs convention are not always the fans that are going to go to a panel like that and start, you know, shouting. It might change this year. This is uncharted territory. Uh, Maybe, but uh, I don't know. They, they, I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts on that. I, they must think something is going to happen, right? They can't possibly be delusional enough to think that that's going to be like a fun little get together, right? If this is what the roster looks like, there's no way. Yeah, well, you know, they have confidence Jed can make moves, but sometimes Jed doesn't come through. Maybe they're just going to possibility back, like every every part of this, as we saw with kind of the you know Crane thing on the radio. Like maybe they're just going to back the bus over Jed at, at every opportunity. <laughs> they're going to do that panel. People are going to yell at them, and they're just going to keep saying, "We gave Jed the money. He didn't spend it. You know, go talk to him at his panel tomorrow mm. night." Right? Mm. Maybe that's a good strategy. You know, create the drama. Maybe if this was like a TV show, if this was like Succession, right? Like the Ricketts concocted a plan to make Jed, everybody's angry at us. Everybody hates us. Tom is like, I'm sick of everybody hating me. So we need so to Tom manufacture like, a new villain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He goes to Kendall, he goes to Kendall Roy yeah. and just completely flips the script. We need a new villain and we're going to make that villain Jed Hoyer <laughs> and we're going to do it by telling everybody that he's just not spending the money that we give him. He, how's he going to prove otherwise? God, Corey, I'm sick. Yeah, I'm really sick. This is I. I, I thought this podcast would make me feel better. I feel why did you horrible. think that? I don't know. I was listening to you guys on on my way home. I'm like, all right, well, they got it out. Like, we're gonna talk about the path forward, and it, it went the in my mind that this turned out differently. This 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 is one of the darkest moments I've been as a Cub fan. I'm I'm serious. I don't I don't see it. Like I, I just don't see it right now. That's there's there's so much need for improvement in so many areas on this roster. It seems improbable, Corey. I don't see it. <laughs> All right. On that note, <sighs> um, yeah. Look, I mean, again, to to put it all in perspective, uh, this has not. Is there, a, is there a perspective? Yeah, I think so. Please help me. No, no, no. I mean, it's not going to make you feel any better. I'm just, oh, I'm just great. ending with where we're at. Like, it's. This is not good so far. Uh, there's st- still offseason left. There's still players left. There's still a shortstop left. My confidence that they execute on that is pretty low on a, on all of it on the on, you know on a on a full scale plan. Um, but you know you can't speak definitively until it's all over with. Uh, but trust me, I'm as pessimistic at the moment as anybody else. Um, but We'll see. We'll see where Dansby goes, how soon we find that information. I'm not sure. If there is an emergency, uh, we will get together with the rest of the gang over the weekend whenever we have to, uh, and we will break it down. We might, if you know, like if Dansby goes somewhere else, we might do a let's get on and scream together for an hour type podcast uh, as well. So an emergency in both ways, the good way, a bad way. Uh, we'll Jesus. be ready for that as always, you know, back starting on Monday, one twenty, live on YouTube, the CHGO Cubs podcast. So be sure to check those out. Brendan and I will be back with you next week. Uh, hopefully 
hopefully with someone more, you know, no offense to Brad Boxberger, right? But like hopefully someone more interesting than Brad Boxberger. That's not exactly um, the most exciting thing to talk about. Uh, We appreciate your support of the CHGO Cubs podcast for as uh, concerning as this team is right now. We appreciate you guys tuning in to listen to us talk about it and join us in our wallowing or concern or delusional hope. I'm not even sure what it is anymore, Uh, but we will talk to you next week. As always, we appreciate you supporting everything going on at CHGO. Don't forget to use that code CHGO when you sign up at DraftKings. We'll talk to you again soon, and as always, I guess, right? Go Cubs.